1: Hey, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. I'm Carl Valeria, and today I'm joined by Andy Garrison for part two of our series, Tips for High-Income Pilots. This one is uh, Saving Smart and Protecting Assets. Hey, Andy, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Hey, Carl, glad to be back.
1: You know, this is awesome that we're talking about this, uh, Saving Smart and Protecting Assets. Uh, You know, with We continue this series, and it's eventually going to be an online video course, a little bit different than what we're talking about here. It's going to, the online course is going to be, we're putting that together now. Uh, But before we get started, of course, a little reminder, you know, we're not allowed to give uh, advice, financial advice, and this is just general information. You should always consult your financial advisor for information specific to your needs. Uh, You know, we recommend you're finding a fee-based certified financial planner. Who must comply with the FINRA rules and regulations? And uh, having a fiduciary is very important. We talked about what a fiduciary is back in uh, the first part of this series. So check out that series. As a matter of fact, we'll. Uh, We're going to make a, uh, when you do the search, there's actually a category. We're going to have uh, tips for high-income pilots as a category on the side of the screen so you can actually see all the different episodes. This is episode uh, two in this series. Uh, This is part two in the series, I should say. And this is episode 149 uh, of Aviation Careers Podcast. First, a big shout-out. Thanks so much to everybody that's listening. Keep those questions coming in. Feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, if you want, go to our Facebook page, uh, we are going to monitor that, too. If you have questions, it might be easier for just just sending them in there. Uh, the facebook.com slash Aviation Podcast. Of course, on Aviation Careers Podcast, we're going to have uh, different upcoming events, uh, meetups, also some career news and uh, all of our episodes out there. There's some lively discussion that has come up on uh, certain things that I've posted uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not very controversial here, but every so often on the Facebook page, uh, things get a, a little bit more interesting and heated in discussions. And uh, I think everybody's opinion is very important. And everybody looks at things in different uh, at different ways. Uh, it was an interesting discussion on the actually one of the airlines that's been having problems getting uh, pilots because of the pilot shortage. And uh, that was kind of a, a neat little discussion there. Anyway, before we get started on uh, or getting started on this episode, uh, saving smart and protecting assets, you know, it was interesting uh, right before we did this episode, it was apropos, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine. We both got hired uh, in 2001 at the same airline. We went through training together and what was interesting is that he's now, okay, this is 2017, he is now purchasing another home. He's going to be moving. Well, actually, he went to he went to the mortgage company, and uh, he said to me, he says, remember, you know, when we couldn't even rub two nickels together, when we got started working for the airlines? And I said, yeah. He said, you know, I went to the mortgage company, and they were going to give me a mortgage for my third home. I own two right now, another home. And, and I don't even have to sell the other two. He said, we have really come a long way. And as a matter of fact, uh, just now remember this, this person was with me and went through a furlough. And uh, the first three years, uh, he also was one that never made more than like 17 or 18,000 a year. That is back in 01. And now, interestingly enough, uh, in our discussion, obviously I'm not going to tell you who it is, but in our discussion, he mentioned, you know, I had, a, I had a look at my assets and they they looked at them and I couldn't believe it. He says, You would not believe how quickly your 401k grows, especially when you're at a major airline. He says, I'm, I'm not quite there, but I'm almost worth a million dollars. And that, remember, this is from the point where he got hired. And he actually you know, went through all these furloughs, was really low pay, and then it just skyrockets. Now, maxing out his 401k and putting the money in there, it's phenomenal how that can grow. And that's uh, one of the reasons I mention that is to give you hope. If you're, if you're somebody that's actually thinking about getting into this career, one of the most amazing things, especially about working at the, at the majors, the legacies, is the fact that they have incredible benefits for retirement. And what's important, too, is not just what they put into your retirement, but also saving for retirement. And I can't stress that enough. No matter who you are, where you are, is put that money away because it, it really does make a huge difference. So, Andy, that actually is a, a great segue, I think, into uh, our first topic here uh, for high-income pilots. Uh, and, uh, and it's good advice for everybody is, is first of all, saving for retirement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. What an incredible story, Carl. I mean, it's exciting to hear it because as I've talked to newer pilots and younger pilots or are career changers, there's always that initial fear of of it being hard seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's a fantastic success story. And it's certainly not uh, not by itself. So. No, no, it
1: isn't. It's amazing, isn't it? How many major airline pilots have, have that... Uh that story to tell and, and it's it's awesome it just it, it really tickles me to death because it it really is light at the end of the tunnel tunnel but uh, you know what's interesting though once you get to a higher income uh, you max out your benefits and, and then there's more that happens so what happens when we do we wind up because we're at this income level maxing our benefits and our retirement plan
2: yeah, that's one of the, the really interesting things that you see starting to happen to high income pilots. Is if you're doing the right thing and, and you're either plowing money away for your own retirement or you're letting your airline help you, a lot of major airlines just contribute on the behalf of, of their pilots. And you start to see the amount going in each year into your retirement accounts really trick up. And when you see that happening, uh, it may sound a little crazy early on in your career, but for those uh, who, who are high income now, you will get to a point where you've reached what the IRS calls the 415 limit. And that's just a section of their tax code. But basically at that limit, that means you can't have any more money go into a retirement plan, whether that be a, your profit sharing or 401k or anything else. And so when that happens, you all of a sudden are limited how much you can save in retirement. And when we think of it from...
1: I, uh, Andy, I was going to say, so, so in general, they shut the door. You can't keep contributing. And uh, just as an aside there, when, and this is something I've always worried about, what happens when you max it out and you accidentally uh, put more money in? I, I, you know, I found out at my company, I'm assuming this is true at, at every company, they actually stop you from doing that, don't they? Most times, I, I'm assuming.
2: They do. They definitely do. Uh, and that works really well. And you can count on your company to stop you if you are working for one company and only contributing to one company's retirement plan. <laughs> gotcha. And where where that gets tricky, uh, a lot of people might think, well, why in the world would I be having uh, two companies or two retirement plans? Uh, I, I have several clients who maybe have a business on the side or real estate on the side and in order to save taxes or in the early years to save additional taxes we set up a retirement plan for one of their businesses. And so we have to make sure that if they do have a side business where they're saving or they're saving money into an IRA or something on the side too, that they're making sure they're honoring that limit. And your airline only knows what they're putting in on your behalf and what you're putting in through your paycheck through them. Uh, But once you do hit that limit, uh, they will stop the contributions and you may see uh, your pay go up quite a bit. Or if it's coming from a profit-sharing check, you may see – Getting some of that paid out to you is normal, regular, taxable income.
1: Interesting. And you're talking about profit sharing, uh, you know, then putting money into it. Sometimes we get these bonus checks, et cetera, and you can easily max out your retirement right after that bonus check or during that bonus check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I think catches a few people off guard, doesn't it?
2: It definitely does, and as we've seen over the last year or so, having a, a handful of the major airlines renegotiate contracts and get pay bumps and retirement contribution bumps, it's uh, it, it's shocked a lot of people yeah. in the last year or so. By the
1: way, we talk about maxing out. Is there like a specific number that is the maximum you can put in?
2: Yeah, so there's, there's kind of two numbers, uh, if you will. There's the amount you can personally put in from your paycheck into your 401k. And if you're under 50, that limit is $18,000 a year. Uh, but then there's a whole nother limit that the IRS sets that is the total amount, whether you put it in or your company puts it in, into all of your retirement plans. And that's what they call the Section 415 limit. And that's $54,000 uh, for 2017. Yeah.
1: What if you're above 50
2: If you're above 50, you can actually put in an extra $5,000. They call it the catch-up contribution. Uh, They can go in, and so you can can bump it up a little bit there. Uh, But by and large, as we see pay increases uh, continue to happen for folks that are above 50 in an airline, uh, often they're still going to cross over that limit.
1: Interesting, yeah. So there is a, a little bit of hope there at least. I love how they call it the <laughs> catch-up. Now, thinking that most people probably don't save anyway for their plans, and, and that's kind of the terminology there, which is it's probably true, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it, it is, and uh, I've always kind of uh, chuckled at that a little bit. Um, but the good news is, if you're you're putting in a catch-up because you're maxing out uh, what what you could do without it, then all the better.
1: That's for sure. That's for sure. Anyway, so uh, talking about uh, these uh, going over the limit, there's there's certain plans. I forget what you call them. Uh, but uh, explain a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so, so different airlines are a little bit different in what they offer. And if you look at some of the major airlines, there's a few of them that actually give you an option to – contribute to what's called an excess benefit plan. And while we could probably do a whole episode on on, on these in and of itself, uh, it's different than a retirement plan. All your your retirement plans, your 401ks, profit sharings, and uh, different types of of plans that fit in there are called qualified plans. And qualified just means they have to meet certain regulations from the IRS and the Department of Labor to function correctly and, and be allowed to operate in the way they do. Uh, some airlines offer what are called non-qualified plans. and these are ones that before you contribute to, you want to make sure you're talking with your accountant or advisor or tax attorney to make sure you're you're well versed in what the airline's offering., uh, but most of these major airlines will call them excess benefit plans. And a lot of times what they operate as is a supplemental plan for folks that are contributing to their retirement. but all of a sudden, money, uh, th- th- if they were going to have, let's pick on one major airline, that, let's say put 16% of, uh, of your pay into there plus maybe a 16% profit sharing plan, um, all of a sudden that total of 32% going in is above that limit we talked about earlier. The airline may offer an what's called an excess benefit plan where you could continue to put that money that would have gone into your profit-sharing plan or 401k if the limit wasn't there, into this excess plan. Uh, So it's a way to continue to save more for retirement. It's a way to save money on taxes because that money is being deferred. And since it's not being paid to you as income and you're saving it in this excess benefit plan, you get to avoid paying taxes on it until you take that money out. Uh, What I notice quite a bit that gets missed from some high-income pilots is they look into these plans is it's a little bit tricky. And because they're non-qualified plans, they're actually on the chopping block as a creditor to the airline. And so what that means to you is you don't have the same protection in these excess benefit plans as you do inside your 401k or profit sharing. And that they're actually considered an asset of the employer or the airline. And so if there is some type of bankruptcy or major restructuring Creditors do potentially have access to those assets where they wouldn't in your 401k or profit sharing plan.
1: That's a little scary. It,
2: it can be. And uh, we're all big advocates of the aviation industry and the airlines in particular. Uh, but we would be, uh, it, it wouldn't be wise to step back and, and realize that there have been mergers and restructurings and bankruptcies throughout the year. So I always caution folks who are maybe in their 30s and 40s and, and even uh, 50s who are taking advantage of these excess benefit plans, you just want to make really, 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 really sure uh, you, you know exactly what's going on in your airline and its stability and its uh, you know, ability to continue to fund itself, not just in great times like now, but even in the tougher economies that can pop up.
1: Interesting. So now uh, one of the things that I think anybody should do is keep planning, keep money outside of uh, the 401k and, and, a, and a protection plan. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes our airlines have many different plans out there, not just the 401k, the profit sharing and a couple others. Uh, you know, what do we do if we have more than one?
2: If you have more than one profit sharing plan or 401k just from from past airlines or uh, other employment that you've had, those are all okay. You still are subject to that maximum contribution each year, um, but you do have options outside and and it depends on uh, what exactly you're you're looking to do. And this is where kind of talking through some things with a good accountant or financial advisor may be able to help you, Uh, but there are really neat strategies you can use. Uh, contributing to either Roth 401k or Roth IRA if you're within uh, those el- uh, eligible limits, or perhaps if your spouse uh, is, you could t- potentially use uh, some of their IRA contributions each year. And you could even look at doing contributions into, uh, or excuse me, conversions into a Roth IRA, uh, which you would have to pay some taxes now on it, but that money would be tax free going forward. And we'll actually dive a little bit deeper into that in the upcoming
1: episode. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. So anyway, so we're at the excessive benefit plan options are out there. So what else do we have?
2: So is your, to your point, Carl, you want to make sure that you're just kind of spreading your, your assets out and building up savings in different areas and other areas. And so uh, once you have maxed out the what you're able to put into your retirement plan at work, a next really good place is to just simply save some money in a regular taxable brokerage account. And so if you've ever had an individual account or a joint account with a spouse or sibling or family member or partner, those are really good options too because that money is always accessible to you. Uh, You want to make sure that you're managing those and investing those appropriately because anytime you have gains inside of there, they can be taxed to you at higher rates if you don't hold them long enough or don't manage properly around them. Um, But that's a really good place to to build up because then you have that money if it is going and buying a third house like your your friend or if it's uh, investing in a business or some other means that you have readily access to that money.
1: And and by the way, and, and this is an opinion of mine. I, I know it's it's. You know, you can't say this, but you you try not to pay taxes. It's okay to pay taxes because having the problem of paying too much taxes is a lot better than having a problem of not having enough money. So if you get hit, and I've been believe me, I've been hit with capital gains taxes and all sorts of different taxes because of, of certain earnings in a year. It's good though. I mean, it means that you're making money. So so God bless you if you if you have to pay a lot of taxes. When you when you say that, Andy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorite. Lines is uh, well I'll, I'll, as I as I talk to all my clients, all, all my clients are patriots and right want to pay uh, pay every penny of taxes they owe, but not a penny more. But at the same time, <laughs> taxes are are symptom, symptomatic of income. Yes. Uh, and and so you can uh, there, there's ways you can minimize your taxes over time, uh, especially as you get into high income and and face uh, something we'll talk about an upcoming episode, which is the alternative minimum tax. But at the end of the day, if you're paying taxes, it means you probably made some money. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And that's always a good thing to make money. That's for sure. Um, Talking about the, the four, we talked about the 401k and uh, going back to that. So I'd like to get a little more color on this. Maybe you could help me understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your 401k, we talked about a profit sharing plan. There's another type of plan out there you mentioned also, and I can't remember what it was. It was a, some other type of plan. So if you could just mention that one more time and then make me understand the difference between this profit sharing and the 401k plan and then the other plan.
2: Yeah, yeah. So 401k. So what's really interesting is that you find a lot of different terms for what ultimately ends up being pretty much the same plan for for most people. So a lot of pilots at major airlines, you have retirement savings plans or pilot savings plans or pilots retirement plans, and they're all called something along those lines. And they all tend to be some version of a 401k. And a lot of times 401ks have a profit sharing Feature attached to them. So, a lot of companies will offer something you can defer your own money into, uh, which is the traditional 401k. Uh, they also will, mo- most of them, mid- right now, all the major airlines have a profit sharing plan associated with that 401k, to where the company is mostly through contract uh, giving a portion of the profits to all of the pilots. And then some companies have a, a few different versions of different plans. And one of those is what's called a money purchase plan uh, or a 401A plan. And these are just a a slightly different version, and there's uh, some intricacies that go into it. But for a lot of folks, it can operate very similar to your 401K. Uh, The only difference being that it can give you a little bit more Flexibility in how you invest some of those options depending on your airline and uh, even give you an option sometimes to do a conversion out of it into a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k.
1: All right. So the the money purchase, like you said, the 401A profit sharing plan and then the 401K. Uh, Another thing that's interesting is that every so often you hear of companies paying out profits. This has happened to me. Actually, it's happening more often lately because airlines are making so much money. Uh, You can have a choice sometimes when there's this uh, other excessive we talked about profit sharing within your 401k then a lot of companies have other profit sharings outside the 401k that give you the opportunity to do whatever you want with it you could take it as a as income or you can put it in your 401k depending on where you are so so you have to think along those lines what you need to do because uh, that that separate profit sharing, excess profit sharing, we'll call it check, uh, that can actually be something we really need to make big decisions on because that may put us over that maximum limit there. So in general, Andy... Is, is this, and I'm sure you've seen this, like an excessive profit-sharing plan that's paid out. Uh, sometimes companies do uh, profit-sharing in advance to avoid some taxes, You know, pay some taxes in, the, in this year or reduce their taxes in the current year by, by actually paying profits out early, early profit-sharing, that type of thing. Uh, do you normally give the same advice, or does it depend on the situation, what to do with this excessive profit that sometimes these companies throw off?
2: Yeah, great question. So it, it depends. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. I'll give you two really quick examples of, of and this was two different airlines that uh, that happened this year. Um, one uh, one individual or actually both individuals had already uh, crossed the limit into their or what they could put into their retirement plan. And they had the option of contributing to an excess benefit plan. Um one opted into that because he is 62 and working for a very large, currently stable uh, airline, and so he knew he would only have a few years having those funds be at the mercy, if you will, of any potential creditors, and it wasn't a, it wouldn't be a, a very major financial impact to him financially if he were to retire early to protect those funds. Um, And then I had another client at another airline who was kind of a different situation uh, where, as we we talked through and went through, our recommendation was instead of putting those excess profit-sharing funds into this excess benefit plan, uh, let's take those and and put them aside into a side business uh, he was looking to start up. And so we were able to say even though we can't avoid paying taxes on this because it's being treated as income to us. We were looking at ways, well, how do we go ahead and invest this in something that can generate us more income? And what's interesting about both those options is you will see uh, it didn't involve buying a new car or, uh, or spending it on something lavish or anything like that. right? They both went into options that could help them continue to build their, their assets and net worth so that they were more secure and able to live and enjoy their lifestyle in retirement
1: yeah it's funny because a lot of times we we find people they'll go out and buy that fancy car and they talk about getting the maserati et cetera and then you realize uh when it's just a piece of equipment, it's better to be secure in retirement uh I mean it's fun to enjoy certain things in life, but uh really in retirement you need you always need more than than you planned for and uh no matter how much you have, you always wish you had more, especially when you get older. Things get expensive, uh, especially medical care gets very expensive. Uh, so that's kind of an important point there. And I love how you mentioned that it's it's really if there's anything I tell people is please save 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 here for, for retirement. One of the things though that's hard to figure out, I think uh, is trying to figure out, uh, you know, how much money you'll need in retirement. I've seen some of these online things and all these different ideas. So maybe you can give me a little color there as to, you know, specifically how much, how much do you think I'll need in retirement? Uh, I know it's based on your income, but if you want to make a certain amount of money, say a hundred thousand a year, what kind of money will I need in my retirement plan?
2: Yeah. Great question. So, and as you can imagine, this is always a a popular question. And as you're still in the the middle of your career and building out, you want to have a really good idea, just like any flight, you have to know where you want to end up before you take off. And really the same thing applies to your financial life. So when you start getting a rough idea of what you're going to need for retirement, there's a couple of rules you can use and a couple of guidelines. Um, again, just with anything, these are guidelines and rules and uh, various things go into every situation that, that uh, may mean you want quite a bit more cushion. But the most popular rule out there is the 4% rule. And what that says is that whatever you have saved for retirement, you could expect to take 4% off of that portfolio those investments that you've built up a year, and then be able to have that amount adjust each year for the cost of living. And cost of living is just another way to say inflation or the fact that things get more expensive each year. So for every million dollars you have saved in retirement, based on this 4% guideline, you could plan on pulling roughly $40,000 a year off of that million dollars. And so what's interesting is you might think, well, a million dollars and and uh, forty thousand a year, I I can't live on forty thousand a year. I don't want to live on forty thousand a year in retirement. And well part of that goes into just what you said, Carl, you always need to sock away a little more than you think. Uh, I'm a, a kind of a strong believer that any pilots in your 20s, 30s and 40s uh, right now you're definitely going to need at least a couple million dollars saved for retirement and uh, if if that seems daunting at first I refer back to to your initial story in the beginning here Carl so you can kind of use that that 4% rule as a guideline. Uh, I always tell people once you have an idea of what you think you want, add at least fifty percent to it. Uh, you know, every flight you get on, you carry reserves of everything, and the same thing should be true in your financial life.
1: You know, interesting, you said that that four percent rule. Does that mean you're pull? It's making money while it's sitting there, and you're pulling down four percent out of there? Is that how it works? So, uh, so say that that forty thousand a year. That's that doesn't sound like a lot, like you said, to to live on, especially when you've gotten used to a, a pilot salary.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. And so it's uh, one of the the kind of the the biggest traps I see people get into thinking in retirement is thinking, well, I just want to live off of the income of of my portfolio. So if my portfolio is generating 5% of income or 6% of income and in growth each year, I can pull off that and and be fine. Well, and the trick we find out is that We don't always have steady growth and steady income every year when it comes to our investments. Uh, And so what we we need to do is make sure we have a plan that uh, sets things up. And so for every client I have going into retirement, we set up three different buckets, Uh, one having cash for a couple years worth of living expenses, and then a second bucket that has really safe investments in it, and then a third bucket that's geared for longer term growth. So there's always a stable place to get money from. And so as you, you think about, is 40,000, gosh, I can't live on that. Uh, one of the, the biggest things that you see from pilots, uh, and the same thing happens sometimes with doctors and, and attorneys and, and other professionals, is what I call lifestyle inflation. And you see, well, now I'm making more money and it just keeps going up each year, and you keep increasing your lifestyle. And that's okay. You should be able to to enjoy the the fruits of your labor. But you just want to make sure you're continuing to save and and put money away. And so if you think about it, retirement, uh, let's just say the the mandatory retirement age is 65 for pilots. And let's say, you know, when I add up everything I want to spend, uh, I want to spend one hundred thousand dollars a year to use a round number. Well, right now, and I believe Social Security will continue to be there. Uh, we could have a whole conversation on that, but uh, if you take that hundred thousand that you need, you may say, okay, well, Social Security between me and my spouse, that's going to pay us forty-five or fifty thousand a year, and so then all of a sudden we're left with fifty, fifty-five thousand that needs to come from our portfolio. And so we know that over time, if we save and build up and target, uh, you know, a million and a half or so to add a little cushion in there. We could be pretty close to meeting our retirement goals and our lifestyle,
1: so that 's encouraging and I think some some people are listening right now, and I know I got this feeling a little bit is that oh my gosh there 's no way you know i 'm going to be able to survive because uh, i 'm not going to have enough money saved in retirement but but it'll it 'll be there if you start saving now, plus Remember, I think Social Security will be around also. It might be a little bit later in life that you'll be able to get those benefits, possibly, uh, but it'll still be there. And then uh, there's there's other income people don't realize sometimes they can have, even in retirement, because a lot of times people retire and they need something to do, and you can actually turn your hobby into income, amazingly enough. That actually is also another topic that we should have, Andy, is uh, you talked about this a little bit in saving money, and hopefully we're going to have this come up in in the series, is a lot of pilots, they wind up going out and starting a business. This can be good. It also can be bad. It can be good in that it can throw off more money and enables you to actually have a a place where you can actually – reduce your income be, because you can go in there and have all these write-offs etc but it, it also can run you into some trouble and i've seen this happen with people and we're, i'm sure we're going to talk about this andy uh, in in a future episode where the irs can come in and say hey wait a minute this is more of a hobby it's not really a business and uh and the other thing too is the fact that you may wind up writing off too much and it, and then the irs comes after you and says whoa, whoa, whoa time out. You can't do that, you know. You owe us X amount of money. So, uh, Andy, I, I'm kind of hoping we're going to go that route in an eventual episode here, aren't we?
2: We we definitely are. Uh, managing side income and side businesses and different streams of income is something that's really important. Can really. Ex- not only accelerate the wealth journey, but you want to make sure that uh, that to your point, you're doing it just right. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we talked about this excess of benefits and and getting in the range of what we need for retirement. Unfortunately, we've run a little bit long, which we always do, Andy, and that's good. Uh, uh, one of the thing is is there a, a quick rule of thumb as far as what you need, like in retirement, or no? Is that like a like if you want to make I don't know if you want to make a hundred grand a year. Uh, like we just said as a round number do you it, you double your income or something like that and and had a zero or something I've heard Is there any kind of general rule of thumb?
2: Yeah, so uh, going going back to our our uh, early early math days in, in school, the four percent rule though another way you can look at that is uh, the, multiply the amount you want to live off of or the amount you want to have in retirement by twenty five. Uh, So if you want to be able to spend $100,000 from your investments uh, when you are retired, if you multiply $100,000 by 25, uh, that gives you about $2.5 million. And and that would allow you to most likely pretty safely pull close to $100,000 a year off of that portfolio, uh, really for the duration.
1: And remembering too, in the comment we just made, that the uh, you're looking at that's a hundred plus your social security, so you you got a good income going into yeah. retirement more than most people make. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, gosh, Andy. <laughs> sorry about that, but you know we, it, it really is amazing. I mean, what we've we've talked about here, and and I'm so glad you're you're able to come here. And I think I think you've made some great points here. And, and I know you're about to say absolutely, but you, this is a good income. But uh, one of the things I, I want people to realize is it's always it's different, isn't it, for everybody?
2: It, it absolutely is, and uh, I, I mean everybody has that's the great thing about about aviation and being a pilot is everybody kind of almost starts in the same place if 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 what I mean is once you get into the airlines and so it's really what you do afterwards and the things that are important to you and how you prioritize all those that determine your ultimate outcome so uh, everyone kind of starts with the the same potential there Um, but it is different for each person about how you choose to go about on your own wealth journey and what you prioritize and what's important and the decisions you make along the way
1: and the decisions you make uh... actually it's really a good idea once you get to a certain point to have someone help you and we talked about that and uh... getting somebody that can can help you with all your financial needs uh, there's there's many things you re- realize later on, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. You know, what type of 401k should I choose? Protecting your assets, insurance, that type of thing, uh, medical insurance. You know, ha- start thinking about that as you get older. And those are things we're going to talk about more coming up. Uh, like in our next one, we're going to talk about Roth IRAs and Roth IRAs and protecting your assets, and even more down the road. And this is just the start of a series, and uh, and, and it could go on. We're not sure where the end will be because it it turns out that we uh, we wind up going a little longer on each episode, but there's some really good stuff that we need to get out of this, especially uh, you know people that that don't know much about the financial world. Uh, but Andy, if uh, if people want more information about some of the things we talked about, there's a way that they can they can contact you. Of course, your website, Airspeed and uh, Money, is that website. Is there anything else you want to share as far as as uh, you know how they can get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll give them my email here, which is Andy at airspeedandmoney.com and airspeedandmoney is all spelled out so even in the middle and uh, and feel free to reach there if you want to reach out on uh, Twitter I know Carl you and I have had a, a a couple conversations via Twitter it's at pilot underscore planner so pilot planner but with an underscore between pilot and planner uh, and just love to love to connect that way. And as you mentioned, my website, if you go there now at airspeedandmoney.com, uh, you can go to airspeedandmoney.com join. And if you join our newsletter, we try to send out some good stuff each week. You can get a free copy of uh, my book, Millionaire, uh, which is strategies to help pilots build significant wealth.
1: Awesome. I've read the book, great book, and also I still get the newsletters and some really good stuff out there. We, we repeat some of that here, but uh, one thing about financial planning I found is really important is uh, you have to consistently learn and consistently relearn information and keep up to date as to what's going on and that's why it's great to have many different people helping you out in your financial uh, world your insurance agents your accountants and your financial planner it's really really important to do that also if you're listening right now and you're there making seventeen dollars an hour fifteen dollars an hour as a flight instructor you will be at this point at some point Uh, but it's never too early to start saving in general, so start thinking about that. You know, Andy, I appreciate your coming here today, and I'm sure you agree that that it's it's always important to plan your financial future because you you never know. And uh, and to have that lifestyle with uh, for the rest of your life, and to have that lifestyle where you're going to enjoy, you know, and not worry about money is is really important, and uh, it makes it. It makes your life so much easier, I found, that's for sure, and so much more enjoyable. Agreed 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andy, again, thanks. And uh, for those that are thinking about right now, uh, moving forward in their careers, think about your retirement. Uh, I know there's uh, even now when you're working at a flight school or if you're working in a regional or you are a major airline pilot, you should always constantly look back and think more towards uh, what you're doing with your financial planning. One of the things that's interesting is, uh, I remember someone commenting on me and said, hey, you know, one thing I like about you is you don't just talk all about investments and, and your 401k like most airline pilots do. One of the re- reasons that you find that uh, many airline pilots talk about that is because that's their biggest concern is is their 401k because as you get more, uh, you know, you, you start worrying more about losing it that's for sure But one of the things you have to realize, it's really important in life, not just to have your financial house in order, but also to have your personal and your personal well-being in order and do something that you really enjoy doing. I know we talk about pilots, but also uh, make sure you're doing something in aviation or anything in your life that's really important for you. You We offer career coaching for that reason, is to figure out is this what you want to do for a living, or maybe there's something else. Uh, Maybe there's another avenue you need to go. But uh, when you do something you really enjoy, Uh, life is is so much different. And it's a wonderful, wonderful life. I think it's a wonderful life. What I do now as an airline pilot, Uh, it doesn't define me, but it's a great job. And uh, there's so many other things I could do that I would enjoy because life is grand. There's uh, so many things out there that are wonderful experiences. So if you're someone that's looking at becoming a mechanic and somebody who's looking at becoming a gate agent, flight attendant, whatever, saving for retirement is really important these tips that we have here can also affect you. So hopefully you've enjoyed these and this has been helpful for you. And just remember that if you are thinking about doing something financially, do something now, do something today, take that one step forward in your life, in your financial life, to actually move yourself forward. It could be something small, it could be listening to this podcast, reading a book, going out and actually talking to your friends about finances, going online and researching, but try to do something now Do something today to take that one step towards your career goal. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode and say fly. You have
0: been listening to Aviation Careers
1: Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your
0: dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.